This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kimmy. And we're the hosts of Talk 30 Rock to Me. Do you crave cheese late at night? Do you have lots of thoughts on your mind grapes? Do you think a rape whistle can double as an accessory? Do you miss 30 Rock? We sure do. We miss it so much, we started a podcast about it. New episodes every Tuesday. Subscribe today. I'm Joey. I love wrestling. I'm Nick. I love wrestling. I'm Justin. I love wrestling. And I'm Steven. And I despise wrestling. <laughs> you Should Love Wrestling is a show where we try to convince Steven that he should love wrestling. You should love wrestling, WWE, because I love wrestling. A lot of loving from me. We on the podcast, Joey Cliff, Nick, and Steven, but Steven ain't wrestling. Gotta make him a believer. I'm all hoping that I love Rick Flair, The Undertaker, Tombstone on the chair. So tune in every week because we got a new guest. You should love wrestling because it's the best, yes. Our guest today is the writer of the best and the worst of SmackDown columns at UpRocks, co-creator and host of Tournament of Nerds at the Upright Systems Brigade Theater, a very funny writer and director, Justin Donaldson. Hi, Justin. Hey, Welcome, sir. Hey, guys. Thanks for, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Teaching me you. about wrestling. <laughs> oh, there's nothing I enjoy more in the world than talking professional wrestling. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, why, that's why we got you. Uh, okay, what originally got you into professional wrestling? Walk us down that path. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it was the... Uh, it was a. It was early 1989. Uh, it was January of 1989. Okay. I was flipping. The winter. He remembers it well. I was flipping around uh, the TV dial on a Saturday morning, and it wasn't a match uh, that I came across that hooked me. I was. Uh, it was Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh yeah. Uh, they used to do these backstage segments in the control room in Connecticut uh, to promote the upcoming, I was going to say pay-per-view, but this was before uh, like they had pay-per-view. Like yeah, like big events. events. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was a huge comic book fan, and I was a huge video game fan, and all that nerd stuff. And uh, I saw Mean Gene, and... I'm assuming most people that listen to this podcast know what wrestling things are. Yeah, uh, probably. Except for Steven. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's true. <laughs> Steven's a big mean Gene Okerlund fan. I'm willfully ignorant. <laughs> so the Royal Rumble, 30 men. That's okay, a big 30-man yeah. battle royal. And mm -hmm. to promote this, what they used to do is they used to do these segments where Mean Gene would run down all 30 men that were in the Royal Rumble. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And they would take, like, a good six minutes to do this. Yeah. And in the rundown, he would introduce you to every, all 30 characters. It was like the uh, big boss man. He's yeah. a wrestling cop. Like, yeah, he would, a clown. He would, He's a clown. Exactly. Yeah. And it would, <laughs> like, like, 12 set, seconds of character. Exactly. Yeah. And it would set up every it. character. <laughs> yeah. And then some they would throw to, like, a promo. Yeah, oh, nice. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And, this, and this man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> right. Uh, and they I would, love America. Oh. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And they would run down who was feuding with who. Oh, and, like, that's awesome. So in this, like four or five minute segment you were introduced to all 30 characters in the Royal Rumble <laughs> right. yeah. plus the other like 20 characters that were in non-Royal Rumble matches yeah. and introduced to every storyline that was happening. Wait a minute, yeah. gluing you in? I don't even understand that yeah, anymore. Yeah, I don't like, anymore. Under, good, good understanding? Thing, good thing they stopped and doing that. It, what, like, <laughs> I never, like, I knew who Hulk Hogan was. Like, I had right. seen wrestling. Yeah. Uh, didn't care for it. But for some reason, seeing, like, 
all of these characters, being introduced to all of these characters at once, the barbarian and demolition yeah. and yeah. he's got a sword. Like and all these characters and it was like what like, wait a minute. Like yeah. there's all these characters? Yeah. Like, this is, there's there's yeah, yeah. a big just thought it was fat like just... white guy that's yeah. African. You got and there's like, you got just, and a it's not just man. plain sweaty men is what right. you're thinking, right. You're and... convinced by the but wait, there's more pitch of them. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's yeah. so much. Yeah, like uh, the Rujo brothers stick dream? out to me <laughs> and like the Bushwhackers and seeing all in Ultimate Warrior and Rick and like seeing all these characters. Right. And it was just like I have to see this. And we didn't have cable. Uh in Neither fact, did my like, aunt, and I hated going over there. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we couldn't cable hadn't come to our area yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we couldn't have cable. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the only so we couldn't watch uh, the Royal Rumble, uh, and we you know, I couldn't. I didn't know there was anything other than the Saturday morning syndicated show. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I waited for. Uh, the Royal Rumble to come out on VHS. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I went I down. I used to do that too. I used to do that I, too. Yeah, yeah. I went down to Tower Records and uh, rented it and watched it and absolutely loved it. Like it blew your mind. <laughs> it blew my mind. Yeah. And I watched it over and over and over again. Uh, and we kept renting it and kept renting it. And then <laughs> my parents just like bought. The VHS tape because right. uh, I was renting it so much. Yeah, I did then, that with Three Ninjas. Oh, uh, nice. that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this was like imagine thirty ninjas. That's yeah. what the Royal that's Rumble ten was. Times as many ninjas. That's yeah. how I started getting into the back catalog too. I think like a lot of people's like I started. I didn't get it when I was super young, and then after I got into it, I started going to like far more back in back in the East Coast far more stores and I started renting oh. a lot of uh, the VHS I'm like this is kind of awesome <laughs> it was a lot like uh, comic book collecting to me yeah because I, I remember that. like when I got into comic books like when I got the first thing that got me into comic books was like DuckTales and reading like Disney comics and then yeah. I got into Marvel and fell in love with Spider-Man and I remember like you know, I read like the uh, McFarlane Spider-Man books, mm-hmm. and that hooked me into comics and got me to go back and start reading old, older comics. And the exact same thing happened with wrestling, <laughs> because at the time, uh, WWE would put out uh, these quarterly VHS tapes called the Best of WWE oh, on right. Coliseum Home Video, yeah, I remember those. Mm-hmm. and they were Coliseum. they were fantastic at catching you up on the storyline in like two to three month chunks Mm -hmm. and I was way into like continuity uh, because I was such a comic book nerd so I I needed to catch up on the continuity of WWF and at the time it was like steeped in continuity because it had had like a continuous storyline since Hogan won the title Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there were builds and things told over the courses of years which was nice and this is something that we've like tried to talk to Stephen about a little bit Mm -hmm. is that like wrestling there there are storylines that like it is sort of tough to like pop in and watch a match and get everything there are Mm -hmm. storylines where it's like 15 years of build up for like this one match right so yeah Yeah. I I started going down to tower picking up those best ofs picking up all the pay-per-views I went back and started at the night that Hogan won the belt Mm -hmm. uh, from Iron Sheik and I just watched every VHS tape that was available for rent from that to get me up to date on what had happened throughout those years. Up to 1989. Yeah. Up to 1989. Oh, wow. uh, and that happened to coincide with 
the episode of Saturday Night's Main Event where uh, the Mega Powers exploded, where Randy uh, Savage oh, turned nice. on Hogan. That. that was years of buildup. Yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah. That, that was Macho and, Man and Hulk Hogan. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Together. And at that point, the Mega Powers. Uh, it was, well, I have to watch WrestleMania five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have to. I'm going to die if yeah. I don't watch WrestleMania yeah. five. Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan face off. The Mega right. Powers explode is what they call that. Uh, so my parents looked into it. And again, we didn't have cable. You couldn't have cable. Uh, I don't even know if this was on cable. So the only way we lived down in Orange County, uh, at the time, probably about two and a half hours from Los Angeles. Yeah. The only way to watch WrestleMania five in our area was to watch it on closed circuit television yeah. at oh, the nice. Los Angeles Sports Arena. That's awesome. Wait, so wow. my grandfather oh, and my dad. This is how you had to do it. You'd like go to a theater and like buy a ticket. <laughs> yep. yeah. Like, yeah. So my grandfather and my dad put me in the car. I remember they were very worried that they were taking a child that downtown. You'd like it. <laughs> uh, well, my I think my mom was like oh, yeah. terrified. The only person in my family that supported it was my grandmother. I remember uh, she was like, oh, I loved wrestling. Gorgeous George. And she was like, she would tell me about like wrestling from like the 50s. Yeah, just like, like I remember Antonio. And <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Well, not that uh, it isn't now, but was downtown super sketchy back then? Oh my God. I mean, it God. still is, but. Yeah, it was like, yeah, my mom was oh, wow. like so afraid that we were going down there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we, we went and it was sold out. Uh, like 15,000 people to watch it on a screen. You oh. couldn't hear it because of the like <laughs> wow. echoing It's like being in a living room. The thing. That's yeah. rad. Um, it's the same as a living room. Yeah. Yeah. 15,000 uh, people. Can't hear a thing. At the, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan beat the Macho Man. Uh, Spoiler. And yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the event, they, some, they had like a ring announcer there. And at the end of the event, he came out and he said, uh, uh, this just in. <laughs> N- next month, Hulk Hogan will defend his newly won WWF championship against the Macho Man Randy Savage live right here in Los Angeles wow. at the Los Angeles Sports Arena. Oh, man. Uh, I did not know it at the time, but it was one of their monthly house shows. Uh, oh, great. Right, okay. They would be doing Hogan and Macho Man every night everywhere sure. uh, <laughs> yeah. for like a year. Uh, yeah, because that's, that's how Stephen how the touring works in yeah. between television shows Wait, and they tapings. just redo the same matches over and oh, over. They have what's yeah. called house back shows, then. which yeah. are, yeah, are non televised shows. Oh. Yeah, and it's like oftentimes <laughs> the same storylines. Yeah, it's like the same. You know, like every match ends with like Ric Flair cheating, but then Hulk Hogan winning anyway, or whatever. Yeah, and it's not like the, televised. The the titles almost. Almost, especially these days, like will never change because it's yeah. not on TV. Yeah, what? So it's like a little <laughs> so tour weird. that's not on television. That's yeah. so weird. <laughs> it's, so, like a, it's like a club date, like yeah. a small yeah. thing. Exactly. Uh, and there were back in the day, they would do these untelevised house shows monthly in every major market. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, like and a Chicago one. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York. Uh, so they came to LA every month. Uh, so my uh, again, my grandfather, and my dad took me down there, and I got to see Hogan against Macho Man, and uh, man, I Mr. Perfect against Bret Hart. Ah, oh, that'd be great. Wow. Uh, Roddy Piper against the Million Dollar Man. Uh, it just it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. And from and I was hooked. It was over. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the thing that fine like. 
I think it was really the exact moment there was no going back uh, was that night at that house show watching Bret Hart against Mr. Perfect. Uh, they went to a twenty-one a twenty-minute time limit draw, uh, uh, and then it was announced in intermission that they would come back next month. Next month, <laughs> yes, and a match with no time limit. Whoa! Uh, and What's I think happen? at that point, like I had to come oh, back, sure. and uh, uh. at that point, it was over. Like I was <laughs> just, it you. was done. Oh, I was man. done just for. Just money to the machine, Steven, It looks I like, never it looks like this. Yeah. You look annoyed by this, Stephen. <laughs> it's just like you got. Yeah, you really. They really did like. Uh, like lure you in just to think mm-hmm. a little bit more and a little bit more. Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, you're a drug addict. <laughs> like, yeah, here's and, a little hit. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's like old school carny stuff, and oh, I love it. I eat it up. Stuff. Like, I absolutely eat it up. I love it. That's I so love funny. it. I love the carny of of it all. So do I, Joey. Just out of curiosity, since you brought that up, what was your? I don't think we've talked about this. What was your first live wrestling show? Uh, my first live wrestling show was, uh, I think it was. Monday Night Raw at the Tacoma Dome in Tacoma, Washington. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the episode where uh, the... I, I might have this wrong, but DX came out either as the Nation of Domination in blackface or... Oh, man. Or they okay. came out dressed as the corporation <laughs> with Triple H still or still in blackface. Yeah, still in blackface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody did blackface. Yeah, somebody oh, did yeah, blackface. blackface in like oh, it's a tried and true uh, yeah. and classic go-to. wrestling. Classic yeah. 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 It was fine back then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> different time. It was fun. Oh, uh, back mine, in 2000. Mine was... Yeah, uh, back in the, the, old, the old days of 2000 when that was still okay. <laughs> <laughs> mine was a, a house show, also a house show. It was in... I don't even remember what the exact date was. It was in 1999. And it was in whatever the gym was called at Youngstown State University. Huh. And it was a house show. And, uh, uh, it, yeah, it was like all the Attitude Air guys were there. It was like, oh, man, it was a great show. I was hooked after that scene at live, too. It's like, well, I'll like this forever. <laughs> it was so uh, great. I nice. went to a, a big wrestling match in Sacramento when I was a kid. Really? Don't remember anything. Wait, really? Yeah. Who, okay, my older stepbrother loved it. Oh yeah, the, right? guy, the one who beat you up. Uh, he was yeah, wrestling, moves with wrestling moves. Yeah, yeah. really cool uh, guy. Like could, because he was yeah. like a you know a decade older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember any of it. I don't remember being. Uh, I feel like entertained. I feel like a big, I do a... remember liking the foam finger. You can get that anywhere. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'm an easy to please well, person. I feel like this is. <laughs> I feel like this is a big like. Like we're learning. Like I feel like this is a big moment for the podcast for us to okay. find out that Steven went to saw a thing. wrestling when he was a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. You're probably actually... how old? Okay, what mm. do you remember the month that? Because we zero could... percent. I remember okay. zero percent. Okay, what of year it. was it? Zero. Could, per- literally couldn't tell 19 you. Nineteen zero. Between like, it was between it was probably between like ninety three and ninety five. That's that would be my guess. Ninety three and ninety four. Big event in Sacramento. I don't know, man. I remember I I couldn't see it that well. I remember we were pretty far away. Do you know if it was Uh, like WWF or something? Probably. Okay, Steven, Steven, what if I were to tell you that (laughs) you were there? Your stepbrother is outside the door. We talked to your stepbrother. He told us about this event. What? And uh, maybe we've got a little surprise of uh, the guy that wrestled in the main event what right is it? behind <laughs> this door. Here he <laughs> is. Steven, uh, say hello to I Jake the Snake. Say Roberts. hello to Virgil. I'm just very surprised that my dog just didn't run into the room when you did that bit. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> wish we had Virgil here. Yeah, yeah. Next time. It. Uh, well, let's well, move on to the match that Justin picked. Okay, let's yeah, let's get into okay, it. So, uh, yeah, today's Nobody's match. here. I wish. Uh, yeah, there was a Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me. That was, my, that was my Jake the Snake Roberts impersonation. Much like all of wrestling, that was a entirely pointless 
in a big diversion from everything. Okay, so anyway, anyway. Uh, so uh, today's match is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart at WrestleMania 13. This is a submission match, and it was refer- refereed by Ken Shamrock from the UFC. That's right, uh, 1997. Yeah, uh, Justin, uh, why did you uh, pick this match for us? Go ahead, talk about it, set it up. Okay, well, first of all, I am not good at convincing people to watch wrestling. Okay. Uh, I don't know how to do it. I've been tasked with it over and over again throughout uh-huh. the years, and I've never succeeded. Really? Uh, I I don't know. Like This podcast I'm, is over. <laughs> I'm not really sure why I love it so much. Okay. Um, it's tough for me to always put it into words, too. Yeah, yeah and because of that, like it's difficult for me to explain to someone yeah. why they should watch it. Okay. Uh, so I picked this match because... Instead of trying to convince you, I thought I would explain some of the reasons why, not why I love wrestling, but what why wrestling is a extraordinary form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And Certainly. I feel like there's two things in this match. Uh, well, you know, first of all, it's just a fantastic match. It's oh, yeah. a great match. Yeah, it's uh, probably one of, one of my better, favorites. Yeah. I, I feel like it's the best WrestleMania match of all time. I think most I could see that. Would say that. Yeah, I, I know I a lot of people like to that. say no. Sean and Taker at 25. Yep. Uh, but I think that personally, I think this blows it away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Take nothing s- away from like, that. I match. watched this match right. again this morning and like got goosebumps at like some of the moments. Yeah, I watched it last night for the first time in, in a little while, yeah. and uh-huh. uh, it. Man, it holds up. I mean, it's really great. I watched it, and I was not enthused. Of course you were. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> you monster. I am a monster. So- and I, I, would, I would recommend, I think, something that, if you, if you really, really want to try, Stephen, I, I would recommend re-watching this with the audio from an episode of the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast uh-huh. <laughs> where he breaks this match down of how they put it together behind the scenes. It's super, super interesting, and it's one of the best kind of explanation of how wrestling works from an in-ring perspective that I've ever heard. Yeah. Hmm. Once he gets done talking about Hershey the Wonder Dog, he's got a great podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he's got an amazing podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just plugging uh, it. I love so it. to set the match up, mm-hmm. uh, you have Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was uh, a bad guy, a heel at the time, mm-hmm. and yeah. Bret Hart, who was a good guy, uh, a face. Bret Hart, and was, this match, Bret Hart yeah. was the he was the the Hulk Hogan of his era. He was the top yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He was the big face for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the heavyweight champion of the world, and he had lost the title to what? his arch rival Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. a year prior to this. And he left WWE, a WWF at the time, to take some time off. And he was gone for probably about half a year. And during that time, his contract expired. And this was in the like. This was in the middle of the Monday Night Wars, WWF's war with WCW, and there was a real question mark as to whether Bret Hart was legitimately going to come back to WWF Mm -hmm. or whether he was going to jump ship to WCW. Yeah. Uh, WCW had offered him a huge contract. Ted Turner money. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Guaranteed Ted Turner contracts. uh, WWF... did something with Bret Hart that they didn't do with the other stars that they were losing to WCW, mm-hmm. and that's they made a gigantic counteroffer. Like they offered him like a twenty-year contract. Yeah, and <laughs> which, it was like, which would have ended like this year. Yeah, it's crazy. And it was a, an insane amount of money. Uh, it was just crazy. But they did everything they could to keep Bret Hart. Yeah. And when Bret came back, 
uh, you know, the the fan base had been changing. The fan yeah. base had been maturing. Yeah, and part uh, of that was, was, was no from longer, WCW. It was no yeah. longer 10-year-olds. Now it was like teenagers that sure. were wrestling. Mm-hmm. And WCW those, was like an edgier product. Yeah, and those teenagers were turning on Bret Hart because they felt like he was boring, he was bland, he had no character. He feels out. He feel, I don't I don't know when this match is. I think you guys already said it was 97? Late nine, yeah, early, 97. Early 97. WrestleMania yeah, yeah. Like April 97. So like he, he already feels dated. He feels like an early 90s character. Exactly. Yeah, 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 very that's much the, character, yeah. That's like very much the story of the match. Yeah. yeah. And, and at that time, people were ready for edgier shit like... Stone Cold Steve Austin flipping the crowd off yeah. and drinking beer so not, and kicking uh, people in the face. Not, uh, not to cut you off, but uh, okay, so we're watching the match right now. They're sure. brawling in the audience. Steven, what do you think about this? Oh, that they're in the audience? I mean, yes. this is like a weird... Uh, I never really get why they're in the audience in, in wrestling or why that happens. I guess it's just to give the audience a show. But so many weird things like ha- happen in this. I think it's JR says, like, beat up that drunk guy with <laughs> oh, yeah. the jacket. And then this dweeby guy up here starts pushing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Or no, or Bret Hart at some point. Like, just to go like, yeah, I, I fought a wrestler. <laughs> who, is, who is this for? It's just, I don't know. It's just a weird moment. I don't fully get If he's why. cheering him on about hitting a guy in the audience, it's probably the king. It's probably the king because yeah, yeah. at the time he was like full on so they ridiculously sound, heel yeah. announcer. Oh, they sound the same to me, so I didn't fully. I I, I got uh, there's Jr. the king, and then I guess the other guy. Uh, well, yeah. Like Vince McMahon, uh, like actually, this is, this is his last time doing yeah. commentary. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think like brawling in the audience, it just it's it's exciting. It like brings the wrestlers into the crowd. It yeah. makes the, the match feel like uh, less static. Yeah, and, uh, and it's too big for the ring. The ring can't contain yeah, the action. Yeah. The ring can't contain exactly. it. And I'm, but I'm not... that's like, but that, and again, like that's one of I here's I'm I'm gonna press for more infographics and in wrestling or more more chirons and stuff. And my reason is I just want them to start every match with like some kind of symbolic grid or something that can just tell me what are the rules of this match. Because uh, I I didn't well, there understand are no for, rules in this match. This match, yeah, it's no holds barred. Yeah, yeah. So the they can do anything they want. But and that's confusing because it happens in so many matches that it's new rules. I uh, need to know that. But I, I will say that back then, that really didn't happen too often. Really? This was the beginning of them adding. Like, before this, there was, I don't think there was ever a no holds barred match at WrestleMania prior to this. Huh. Oh, is that so? I think you might be right, actually. Wow. This yeah, was, WrestleMania 13, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. This was really something that was out of the ordinary, especially like if you go back and watch the WrestleMania that was a year before this, it had one of the most boring ever. It had an hour-long Iron Man match between oh, Brett and Sean, which was just a lot of holds yeah. for an yeah. hour. Like wrestles, so headlocks. This, coming a year after that, was just a gigantic leap forward mm-hmm. in the product. Doing something, yeah. And people love that Iron Man match. Yeah. I'm not one of them. I was there. Didn't eh, do it for you. Didn't do it for me. I I do want to say, like, one of my favorite parts of this clip that you, you brought us was the uh, the intro that gives you, like, a second-person narrative of somebody oh, yeah. like destroying your legacy. Yeah, like, Todd uh, Pettengale. Like, mm-hmm. What who was it? Yeah, Todd Pettengale's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he like tells yeah. you like some guy like mocks your legacy and spits on everything you've ever achieved. And I, I, just the whole time I'm like, what wrestling like teenage wrestling fans are connecting with this? Like, yeah, my legacy has been destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I understand why Bret Hart would have to fight this man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's sort of like a, they. I don't know. It's like. 
they think that they understand it. Yeah. So I guess that's Is enough it, for them. It's dramatic like, enough oh, that you get on board. I think I get that. Yeah. yeah. But see, here's the thing. Like, the reality of it is it was the fans that were spitting on Bret Hart's legacy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And Stone Cold was just representing them. So really, mm-hmm. they knew that because the fans were the ones that made the choice to turn on Bret Hart. Yeah. And well, that's one of the things that's so fascinating about this match to me is that the outcome of this match, well, not the outcome of the match itself, but the outcome of the storyline of the match had to happen because the fans made it happen. And I think this is one of the first times in the history of WWF that that happened. Yeah, where they well, really yeah, like they, they let point. it organically change, and they changed it in the story because the fans' outcry and, was so much. And th- right. This is th- this is one of the many things that's like fulfilling about being a wrestling fan is like if. We like if they have a good guy and we like boo the person into the ground, or if there's a bad guy that we as fans like cheer, they'll adjust the storyline because we like or hate a person. Used to, but that's but like I don't like that was weird because I was because like I said that whole like beginning narration was like Bret Hart's a good guy, this guy's like mocking like whatever. Uh, and going and into then, this match, he was technically still. yeah. But like then, I was like I watched I, this match as a Bret Hart fan. I did not like Stone Cold Steve Austin. At the but start then of this as match. like they're mm-hmm. announcing this match, like they start ragging on Bret Hart. Like through, they're like, oh, he always makes excuses. Oh, he's a whiner. Oh, well, he just, I'll tell you why. Oh, is that oh, is he is he the bad guy? Yeah, he's, he's the bad, the bad guy. guy. Shit, I didn't know that. Right. Okay, well, what what ended up what happened was. You know, Brett was a good guy, mm-hmm. but he came back with sort of an entitlement. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't like the direction that WWF was going in at the time. Like, he wanted it to be more old school, and he liked it being kind of early 90s with, like, big characters yeah. and stuff. So in the mm-hmm. weeks, in real life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and character-wise. <laughs> and in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, there was a lot of heart complaining yeah. about how he felt he was being screwed over, like... Uh, he's not in the world title scene. He didn't get his rematch right. with Shawn Michaels that he wanted. So f- after decades, <laughs> have a two-hour Iron Man match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. two-hour uh, Iron Match. You and me. Let's go. After <laughs> decades of being a real-life hero, Brett wasn't being treated that way anymore. And you know, as as you know, uh, a real hero would take that treatment and still be a hero. Sure. But Brett Amen. wasn't taking that treatment well. He was whining. He was complaining. He was crying. Um, he was beginning to resent like everything. We're at the part of the match where Bret Hart brought a chair into the ring. Yeah, he checked like four so, chairs. Like, I, lo- I love that the announcers are like, we, like we've like we never seen this at WrestleMania. Yeah. It's like, yeah. might actually, that honestly might I be true. I think that's true, yeah. yeah and, clearly, and clearly this is where the heel tendencies are really, really, really starting to... Oh, and by the way, unprotected chair shot to the head. No, that he had him in the back. Oh, I don't know about that. That was on his head. <laughs> I do. I want to point out, this agree. is a good opportunity to point out the fact that uh austin wrestles the match as a here as a heel mm-hmm. yep. and brett wrestles the match as a face uh yes brett starts inching closer and closer to being a heel as the match progresses Goes on, yep. but uh they they really stick to their roles throughout the match until the match is over mm-hmm. so another thing that i wanted to bring up that i feel like it was important to bring up because i feel like we've hit a point where a lot of younger fans don't know this uh this i was just talking to a younger fan earlier in the week that didn't know this uh steve austin when he first came to wwf he was a real like underground cult hero yeah uh he was a guy that was not used properly in wcw uh he was one of the best wrestlers they had yeah and he wasn't used well and you know you're before 
before the internet, uh, before the IWC, the internet uh, wrestling community, which the internet is, wrestling community, all of us, uh, IWC, yep. it would just be you know your dirt sheet smarks, and your your dirt sheet smarks, your, your underground wrestling fans. Uh, Austin was like a hero because yeah. he was a great great wrestler. Same character. And, uh, no, different no. character. Yeah. Stunning Steve Austin with long blonde hair. Yeah. He was a bad yeah, guy long, in WCW. Long, 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 very thinning Steve hair. Austin. Very thinning hair. Uh, then he came, style, came over to WWF, <laughs> yeah. became the ringmaster, a different character. But still, everybody uh, knew the like what Austin had. And everyone wanted to see Austin in the main event at the mm-hmm. top of the card. And WWF wasn't biting. So they gave him a very generic character. They didn't yeah. really let him talk. The ringmaster. Yeah. yeah. So even at this point, the you it, it, in real life behind the scenes, you knew the only reason Steve Austin was getting this opportunity to have this big match at WrestleMania in real life is because Shawn Michaels refused to wrestle Bret Hart at this year's WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So. Because of Shawn Michaels being a little bitch, uh, <laughs> Austin gets this huge opportunity. Yeah. So and as Brett and a, were like Brett and uh, Stone Cold were friends, they're they're friends in real life. So Brett was also like, oh, of course I want to like wrestle right. my friend, right. yeah, yeah. a good wrestler. So huh. as a as a huge Steve Austin fan, just as a huge wrestling fan in general, at the time this match was really important to me because I really wanted to see. Steve Austin succeed. I really wanted to see Steve Austin become the face of the company, and that didn't seem like WWF's plan at the time. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Yeah. So the fact that Steve Austin ended up in a big match at WrestleMania, I-, I was so happy. Like this got me more excited than anything had gotten me excited yeah. in wrestling for years. Yeah. I was so excited to see this match just because I was so happy to see Steve Austin in a big spot at WrestleMania. And it feels so big and different and the you could you'd like just watching and looking at the match you could see like the seismic teetering cuz like even Steven like you said like just looking at Bret Hart he almost looks yeah, kind of like an artifact of like kind of a time past. Well, he's well, wearing going like against, neon pink. Yeah, but like, but the you thing know. is, he's going against Steve Austin, who's like this brash, like just all yeah. black well, trunks, and the no thing bullshit is, guy. Is like most of the people at this WrestleMania were more on the Bret Hart side of things. Like the main event was like the Undertaker versus Sid. You know? Oh God, that like that so, f- main event is brutal. So this was like this was like, uh, you know, a ripple in a sea that was still very much big weird characters yeah and you really didn't know if they were going to continue putting steve austin at the top of the card after this wrestlemania Mm -hmm. like he if he didn't step up to the plate and have the amazing performance that he did chances are they weren't going to move forward with him as a major character probably not so the whole time i was watching this live i i remember just being on the edge of my bed (laughs) like just like Praying that Steve Austin wins mm-hmm. yeah. because I wanted to see them continue to use Steve Austin. I wanted to see him continue to climb up the card. Yeah. And I knew that if he lost, there was a chance that this was just a one-time fill-in for Michaels, yeah. mm-hmm. and then he was going right back down the card. Yeah. So the real-life importance of this match... I mean, I was I was hooked, <laughs> and and at that time, had you seen had you seen prior to that the ECW uh, shoot promo that he did? Because that's why oh, yeah. that's why the dirt sheet smarks loved him so much. Yeah, right? I mean this this is going to age me, uh, but I was a tape trader. I've, yeah, I had assumed oh, yeah, you would have been. Uh, yeah. if, if you don't know what that was... I think I immediately understand based <laughs> on the two words. Great. For people out there, because I, I like the amount of people that don't know what tape trading is now, 
I mean, yeah, it would make yeah, no sense. Before yeah. YouTube, you had to. It was literally like my brother was a tape trader, and he had just like a handwritten list of all the tapes that he's got. Yeah, and he would just go to go to like other websites and just look at like okay, this this guy's got these tapes, and he would they would just trade like. Beyond the mat for yeah. King of the Death match. Right? Yeah, there was a guy in Philadelphia who uh, you would send him every month. You'd send him two VHS tapes and a self-addressed stamped envelope, and he would send you back one month of ECW television. So mm-hmm. I would watch the ECW television shows one month at a time on VHS tape. <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, I was really You're, familiar with Austin's stuff. You are very much a completionist uh, person. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, you are. Like when you play video games, are you like, I really want to get to 100%? Had to. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to stop playing video games because I, of that very reason. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I've given up on most video games, too. Is I'm like, <laughs> no, because it bothers me. It just <laughs> sure. bothers me that um, that's an option. Okay, so Stone Cold, is uh, he's bleeding at this point in the match. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so Stephen, do you, you think, think about do you think this is real bleeding? Awesome okay, bleeding. so I'm uh, this one I'm I'm He's less open pretty good. Yeah, this one I'm like maybe buying more, but I, I still have some doubts. This one I buy more than other ones. Well, how uh, do you yeah. think he would be not bleeding? Uh, how do I think he would be not bleeding? Yeah, how is he not bleeding there? I, I don't know. You know, I, hey, man, I, I'm not... I, I never claim to be a professional wrestler. So you believe who, that he's cut open for real? I, well, okay, I believe like, it's possible on this one, yeah. Like, um, possible. Like, like Occam's Razor. It's like the simplest thing is usually the most likely thing. Either yeah. there's a crazy contraption that you as a television production person don't understand. Yeah. Or he's bleeding. Uh, Occam's or, Razor. He or, cut his head with it. Yeah, I mean, cut his head with is, Occam's Razor, is Michael. Is idiot? You're saying it makes more sense for people to be uh, losing blood every single time they wrestle. They're saying for months at a time they go out and do it every night or whatever. Like it's saying it makes more sense for them to be bleeding regularly than it does for it to be a show piece. Hey, a lot of guys <laughs> did bleed, especially in ECW. Right. A lot of guys did go out and bleed just, every single fucking well, night. I'll, hey, look, this one, me, I'll, I'll, I'll say I, I probably buy a picture it. of Dusty Rhodes' forehead. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll do, no, do, it, do it right now. No, no do it. No, do it. Talk, talk. The whole reason why. The whole reason why blading exists yeah. is because it's a holdover from the old school days of when they were trying to make people believe that it was real. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand like, I understand that, again, conceptually why one would do that and why and that it has been a thing. I, I just don't. I, like I said, my thing on, on it is to Nick and Joey is regularly I don't think it's as prevalent as they think it is. Okay, so uh, we're showing like Stephen a picture of Dusty Rhodes' forehead. This is a guy that probably bled day in and day out for years. Yeah. I that guess. guy's forehead looks like it was probably... It looks like a wrinkly old man. I don't know. Yeah, well, but it's, uh, it's very... Okay. Yeah, it's fine. I, guys, it's fine. I, I, You know, I, I here my whole point of view on it is, is like I, I've seen like MMA fights or boxing or whatever. And if you watch those guys, what happens uh, very frequently is they'll they'll bleed. They'll, somebody will split an eyebrow or a cheek or whatever. And what happens is they'll get a little blood on their arm or their chest. Uh, and it's dry pretty much instantly because... Blood dries, and that never happens in I these just matches. Up Abdullah the butcher's forehead. Oh God! And the top of his head. The <laughs> yeah, whole yeah. thing's a mess. That guy's yeah. messed up. So that's my only point. Uh, it's okay. Well, it doesn't I'll matter. I'll say that <laughs> UFC and stuff like that—they're trying to get the bleeding to stop. Yeah. Where yeah. here they're trying to get the bleeding to continue. So, right. Uh, if you this see time, Austin throughout the match, you can see Austin. Uh, try to wipe the blood, but what he's actually doing is he's trying Smearing. to yeah. he's trying to smear it and reopen the cut. Yeah. And uh, right hmm. now uh, we've got uh, Stone Cold Steve uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin the sharpshooter, Bret Hart yeah. the sharpshooter. We just saw Wait, probably one sharpshooter. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. I want to I want to say one more thing about the blood because yeah, the yeah. blood is one of the reasons why I picked this match mm-hmm. because the blood is it, it's one of the reasons why wrestling is one of my favorite and one of the best forms of entertainment mm-hmm. in the world. And 
and it has to do with the blading. <laughs> I love any sort of entertainment where there is a added element of an added element that you can't fully control. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. I love that like that thing like if if any form of entertainment can also scare me at the same time it's even better. Yeah. Like legitimately scare me. If there's some sort of legitimate danger of any kind in my entertainment I love it. Yeah, and the performers have a willingness to just do it and let it happen. Right. So, eh, we'll see what happens. And the great thing with the blading is you really don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Like they might mm-hmm. hit a vein or something. They may That's hit a vein, <laughs> but also it could go the other way, yeah. and you could get very little blood. Like yeah. That happens a lot, too. Mm-hmm. So when, when Brett blades Steve, they don't really know how this is going to go. No. Yeah. And going into this match... They had no idea that Austin was going to bleed like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would argue if Austin hadn't bled at all or that much, this the match, match wouldn't, wouldn't have had the impact well, that it had. Yeah. Still a great match. Sure. But like that image of Austin trying to get out of the sharpshooter with the yeah. blood pouring out, like I totally it's agree. with me forever. Oh, and yeah, that's, like, that's right up there with, uh, we had Steven watch um, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Uh, that is right up there with Hulk Hogan holding Andre the Giant as like one of the most iconic images in the history of professional wrestling. Oh, totally. Yeah. It was on is, his bloody Austin 316 shirt. Yeah, yeah. it's like, I mean, like, I had posters yeah. of that when I was a kid yeah. of Stone Cold Steve oh, Austin. And, and you, 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 you added the fact that like, yeah. in real life, I wanted him to win so much. Yeah. And now he's in like the worst position possible, but he's so close to the ropes. Yeah. Like the drama was just off the charts. And the bleeding works so perfectly to be the iconic tipping point because everything was coming to a boiling point. Because yeah. again, we're talking about people like had this this bloodlust and this this yeah. lust for like more like, action, like more indie violence. fans will chant we want blood. Yeah, and I, and more blood. And at this fine. time at this time, like I said, there was a yeah. tipping point where like WCW was like giving people edgier content and the world was like they wanted more violence and it was like they were just tired of yeah. like of, of, of 80s and 90s type wrestlers. And, like yeah. and we had seen blood in WWF maybe three times in 20 years. Really? Mm-hmm. Up yeah. to this point. Like WrestleMania uh, 2, didn't that end with Hulk Hogan covered in blood or something? I don't remember. I'm not as familiar with 2. Like, I think that was the cage match with King Kong Bundy. I, th- I feel mm. like I remember pictures. Like, I feel like Hulk Hogan's bled a couple times. And, and we had never seen blood like that ever in yeah. WWF. Yeah. Uh, so it was such a shocking thing. It was such a revolutionary thing, especially to happen on a WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they weren't. You can tell by Vince's commentary that he's not happy he's about not it. Not happy. Yeah. Uh, Vince commentator, also uh, the guy who owns the company. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fans didn't know that he was the guy that owned the company. As far as we were concerned, he was just the commentator. Okay. Um, and man, and Jr. selling the hell out of him too. He's like, oh man, right at the end. Oh, that's Steve Austin. He's one tough sob. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vince McMahon is not happy. He's like, we apologize. We didn't want you to see so much blood. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know. So, so much blood. <laughs> so much blood. Not happy. Well, that's, um, like, at, so at the end of this, like, that's the thing that I, I didn't understand. Because, like, throughout this match, I didn't know who the good guy or the bad guy was. And then uh, they okay. ended. And then, it, the, you know, Austin, I guess, lost. Did you get, Stephen, that at the end, and I'm sure you, because you know words, and you'll be able to put this together. Uh, but, but if not, we'll explain it. Did you realize at the end that there was actually a double turn at the end of that match? No, what? No. Well, so so at, at the <laughs> end, no. okay. At the end, technically, Bret Hart 
mm-hmm. became the bad guy at the end, and Steve Austin became the good guy. Right. He became the face at the end of that. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because yes. that's why after and, Brett and then, won, that he continued to stop on his legs. Well, that's yeah, like yes. So he was being a bad guy, and then yeah, Austin uh, it, refuses the help from the ref and attacks some innocent ref. Yeah, he well, the, ref. the bad guy. Well, no, not to remain the bad guy because it, you know those turns like well they can now, but back in the day, turns didn't happen on a dime like that. No, yeah. Austin. The character of Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't yet know he was the good guy. Yeah, exactly. He was still the bad guy. He, it was, you know, you still went through months and months of him slowly becoming the good guy. Yeah, but yeah. This still was an the anti-hero. first. Still, yeah, always an anti-hero. Until he got to him stopping the, uh, what was it like, the dark wedding between Stephanie McMahon <laughs> right. and the Undertaker. But even <laughs> then, he wouldn't hide Stephanie. Even then, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this was the beginning of him oh, turning God. into a good guy. Yeah, sure. Um, and I feel like lesser. I mean, all the time, like. In entertainment, you see turns that are a lot less nuanced than that. Like sure. that's why I yep. love the fact that he stuns the ref because mm-hmm. you he can't just a turn fuck. a guy yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. so it takes months of him just, listening he to the kisses fans. Kisses the baby while covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but then stuns the baby. <laughs> stuns the baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but with with Brett turning into a bad guy, this is the culmination of months and months of Brett being pushed further and further mm-hmm. and still doing the right thing and still doing the right thing but then getting taken to the point where he can't do the right thing anymore yeah and he's over it and he it, he doesn't care if the fans are going to boo him he's going to take out this guy steve austin yep. for ruining his life when as like a young fan i watched this match i came into it as a bret hart fan and somebody who hated stone cold steve austin i left the match as a Stone Cold Steve Austin match fan and hitting Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, it was a very effective double that's turn effective. for me. And yeah. that's, that's the second reason why I picked this match, because what other form of narrative storytelling do you have, like, your big story ending with the good guy ending up being the bad guy and the bad guy being the good guy? Has that ever happened in a movie? Has that ever happened in a television show? I would argue mm-hmm. that this is the only form of narrative storytelling that can use a device like that. Sure. Yeah. Buy it. Steven, uh, mm-hmm. tell us what you're thinking. Respond to this. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I guess, I get, like I said, it sounds like you have uh, much more of a deep connection to it. Uh, going into it, I, I watched it and I was like, yeah, these guys both seem like they suck. <laughs> like, I'm not a fan of either of and them. And you've I seen really Steve want... Austin matches now before. Yeah, yeah, now that the yeah, last yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw, I saw it with Kerry O'Neill, right? And uh, somebody else. Uh, but yeah, I've seen them and, you know, they're not, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, I don't care about either of these guys. I don't want either of them to win. They both seem like jerks. Uh, it doesn't seem like there are any heroes in this match, so... Yeah, I don't know. Like it didn't. It didn't. That that turn. Although I buy it for you, just wasn't there for me. But I guess. Mm, yeah. I mean, responding to that, I feel like um, a lot of your common complaints have been <laughs> yes that the good guy and the bad guy in a match is like too clearly painted for you. Yeah, you know who's going to win immediately before the match starts from yeah. a storyline yeah. standpoint. Yeah, and uh, like you also like you yeah. hate it when matches start. With like two guys circling each other for five yeah, minutes. This one goes right this to match, yeah. this, this match starts with a kickstart. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestles like he wants to win. Yeah. Bret Hart wrestles like he wants to kill Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good guy and bad guy roles aren't as clear. Yeah. And I would say that it doesn't end in a way that you could really expect it from the beginning. And you could and you could say, I guess, that yeah. like, okay, it ends with Bret Hart winning. 
But like, it doesn't though. It's a submission match. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin's character is the toughest SOB. Yeah. He's he passing out. He and the passes out from some kind of match. weird leg lock. Well, and from blood loss. <laughs> blood loss. Yeah. like Theoretically, this match is the antithesis of like all a lot of things that you hate about wrestling. So yeah, let me let me get in on that. So yeah, you're saying like I say like oh yeah I don't like it when they start around the pacing and really that what that to me that means is just like I don't like this melodrama I don't like that nothing's really happening uh, or the 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 fakery of it the, you know it's 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 like you're telegraphing how dramatic everything is and it's just not dramatic to me it's sort of the same like and this match had a bunch of like weird telegraphing of the drama to me uh, it's just in different spots like uh, like what like for example there was a point when you know. Uh, Stone Cold with Steve Austin has legs twisted around the the bar. What's it called? the ring the, post. the ring post, right? Uh, and he's like he's like flailing and like hitting his arms on the ground, which looks like a tap out. But like, there's a lot of that stuff. Uh, you know, Bret Hart gets dropped. Well, back dropped then on... they didn't go by tap outs, so they didn't you go could, by right. You could tap them. Uh, it, they... it doesn't do that. It doesn't yeah. count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't you, count. you have to like verbally say you it. Just say, yeah, I, I would say like I quit. Submit, please. Okay. I would like to submit. or have yeah. a representative throw in the towel. I am yeah, resigning from this match. I see. Yeah, you have to fill out. A lot of forms sign your name. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, yeah. There are just moments like that where it just uh, it, it, it feels like it's I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't know. That bothers me. That it's it's there's a, such fakery uh, to it. I know it's I know it's well, fake. You guys all know it's fake. Well, I would I would it. tell you that like it's not that's not fakery. That's them performing for the person in the last row in that right. arena. Yeah. Right. But I have to watch it on TV and like that sucks. Like it's sort of the thing like you you know this like you do live comedy stuff and there is a there is an element of like live comedy has to translate right to TV and it to me this just doesn't translate like when like though even the way it was shot like Bret Hart gets thrown onto the railing and like he hits his balls or whatever uh, and he does oh uh, he does like this thing for the last row but I'm like looking at it and I'm like man I landed on his thigh like I have a perfect angle for this Uh, it doesn't it doesn't ring as true to me so Mm. like I'm I feel like I'm being regularly taken out of the truth or the drama of Mm. it by just by having to watch it on TV the performance I, I would say that those are the rules of this universe. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> we tried to yeah. discuss the That's layers and, and the reality versus the fiction, but then how they they work together and they don't work together. We've tried to... Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it's, the, it's yeah. the difference in like yeah. a, uh, how a cartoon character reacts to something and how, you know, Liam Neeson does. Right. And Who is a cartoon character? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's... it's the, this is completely zany. <laughs> you you just have to believe the world that the rules of the world that you're in. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to me, yeah. like this all works within the rules of this world. Yeah. Well, like what about like a Kurosawa mm-hmm. movie or something like that where there's like three or four minutes of like zoom in and on people's eyes and like let go you go to an extreme you know uh, you know extreme like zoom out or something like that of like two people facing off. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's like forced melodrama to make you feel something and like. This is just this world's version of that. Well, Stephen can't feel. Uh, well, no, I'm just trying to decide. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't know if that's an accurate representation of uh, Kurosawa films, but I guess I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is weird. There. Also, you're talking about uh, very, very early movies that are people are uh, perfecting the form of acting for. Uh, film and stuff, and also there is a lot of believable stuff in a Kira Kurosawa film. Well, there, there are believable stuff. But I'm, well, I guess uh, Kurosawa might be a bad example. But have you mm-hmm. ever seen like? Do you watch much anime? No. 
Uh, <laughs> which yeah, and I, yeah, that's yeah, an insane. But it's just like there are too, moments yeah. in movies yeah, where I'm it's like where it's like a standoff or like a Clint Eastwood movie where there's yeah. like a standoff for two or three minutes where yeah. it's like a close up of Clint Eastwood and then a close yeah. up of, and then like a pan over of all these guys with guns and yeah. then like mm-hmm. you see a single thing of sweat go down Clint Eastwood's brow and right. then like you know you see like his hand like clutching his gun and yeah, you're yeah. telling the story you see like a school mom going like oh my kids can't see this <laughs> and, and like the shutters yeah, you know, the, yeah, yeah it's like you know you'll have a I'm sure in some movies there's been like a five minute long standoff right. where dudes are just looking at each other and if, you know if you were to watch that standing on set it's like it looks dumb as hell but yeah. in the yeah. movie it's like well, exciting or the guy could just literally come in and go fuck you man like he just shoots <laughs> yeah, him and he yeah. walks out yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's like building drama it's not well yeah. uh, and, and like to speak to both of those points like one modern movies don't do that because it's boring and slow and two they don't uh, build things they don't they don't do have long standoffs effect? like that they don't well, do it they kind of do Just name a movie that's happened in the past 10 years where that happens uh, but Star, I, Wars, I don't Star Wars episode 7 uh, Han Solo versus Kylo Ren uh, yeah, there that, you go. Well, that that, that is that came out. First off, that came really out about, months ago. <laughs> that came out months ago, but that's way more about the drama of a father and a son than it is the fight. And you know that. There are but fathers also, and sons in wrestling. Just, just real quick. No, just, just about, one of our favorite moments in like all of cinema is Indiana Jones, right? The big standoff moment in the market where the guy's doing the sword thing. Eh. And, then, and then Han Solo or Indiana Jones uh, shoots him. And we love that because, yes, it's stupid. That's a moment where it we is. all go, it's stupid. And we all know that it's stupid. And that's not how things should go. It's it's a it's a it's an old way of doing these I things. It's boring. It's it's slow. I get the point. I get that that's like a, a thing that's happened. But as a, a modern uh, viewer of uh, cinema and TV and film, uh, like it just mm. I don't know. Boring. Hmm. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I guess, I'm a millennial. I want fun. I want fun stuff. I want Lena Dunham. Let's get on Vine. <laughs> We've talked about the match. Yeah. I don't know no. if Stephen likes it or not. No, I want to. I, mean, I want to like follow this thought a little yeah, bit. Yeah, please. So, no. and, like, and this is why I picked this match is because, like I said, I, I came here with no agenda. I'm not here to try to convince you to like wrestling. I don't Thank care. You. Uh, you can you like care. whatever you like. When people try to convince me to like things, mm-hmm. I hate it. If these guys were trying to get like, if these guys wanted me to be in a podcast where they tried to convince me to like. Like literally anything other than wrestling, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I would not be happy Spider-Man. about it because I would. I, you know, I already <laughs> like Spider Man. We can't. We can't well, do that well, a little well, bit. Comics. I mean, yeah, I could sure. go yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on for hours. Other media of the appearance. Yeah. Spider Man. Like, you should it. love comics. Uh, <laughs> but that I. So I, I wanted to show you this match for those two reasons. Why mm-hmm. I feel like wrestling is a special form of entertainment, and I feel like the. Um, that double turn at the end yep. is something that's very unique. As far as narrative storytelling goes to yeah. professional wrestling. Yeah. And hopefully the significance of this match as we continue to try and fill in these, no. these and the blood. things and, of and, in time and the blood. And, the, blood. and the the uh and that yummy blood. <laughs> that uh, yeah, the the question mark of what's going to happen. Like you know, I know it's it's obviously a little biased, but I keep thinking I really, really think that we should show Steven like the first episode of the Monday Night Wars documentary because it's a little biased but I on WWE side clearly but I think at least showing him what it was all about and getting them to tell him the story yeah, yeah you or, might at least I mean, get it or show him wrestling with shadows yeah or yeah oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah or just we'll do that pay Vince Russo to hang out with him for an hour bro and uh, I swear to God bro <laughs> and I mean this with all sincerity bro bro and I'm just saying this and I just want you to know bro on my mother's grave, bro, you should watch this because, bro, Monday. In the Attitude Era, 
Bro, All of this. fuck you. Steven understands. Steven, Steven 100% understands. I know. This reference to <laughs> a, a backstage writer from the WWE. <laughs> I thought, bro, that, I thought we were in Jersey Shore. I don't know what this it, is. It is. It's uh, a three hour uh, podcast of the word bro. I really I hope we can get Vince Russo on this podcast. <laughs> if you guys really want to turn Steven around, this is what I would suggest take him to PWG. That's fair. I agree. I, the, it, Are the tickets have, still now $478? Yeah. They're insanely hard to yeah. get. But if you can get it's the tickets, now. I have... Not that I'm out there... You know, I'm not going door to door trying to convert people into wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. But... So it's I, block to block. It's Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, PWG. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reseda. Out, out in Reseda. Yeah. Uh, in American Legion. Mer- I, I would never wrestling. in a million years think of taking a non-WWE fan to a WWE event, I would n- never want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it really, like, the only interesting thing about going to a WWE event for a non-fan Foam is finger. the production. <laughs> like, yeah. watching the, like, production oh, yeah. of, like, because it's, like, it's a very impressive it's television cool production. Yeah, very sure. professionally uh, done. Yeah, so, like, yeah. really, that's the, the only reason for you to go would be, like, ooh, yes, a lot of professional people. If you're a fan of stage, uh, uh, look, look uh, at that grip work on that uh, camera. Wow. Yes, oh, it's very God. impressive. The LEDs. Uh, but I always, t- well... I, back when you could get tickets, I would, mm-hmm. you know, take a lot of non wrestling fans to Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yeah, and man, it within minutes they're hooked. Is that not how you got the misses to be a fan of wrestling, or, or, or was she a little bit into it before? Because it's it, it, I've kind of gathered that she sort of got into it after going to PWG. Uh, she does enjoy going to PWG. Yeah, yeah, okay. She she does enjoy that. I'm not. I, I wouldn't say my wife is into it. Mm-hmm. Like, she definitely wouldn't watch it. Well, that's not true. I guess it has now <laughs> gotten like, to a point where... I feel like where, she's kind of a fan. Like, yeah. I've talked to her about wrestling. Uh, like, uh, Nikki Urban, she's a very funny comedian. Yes. Um, like, like I've talked to her about wrestling like, like a she little was bit, disappointed. she, like, has opinions. She, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. she was just... On Monday, she was disappointed that I had erased Raw on the DVR <laughs> before she got to see yeah. Enzo and Cass's debut. Like, I think NXT oh, yeah. has been what's really made my wife really? a wrestling fan. Like, she loves Finn Balor. Oh, yeah. uh, I know she's quite a fan. Yeah, she, Dean, Dean Ambrose, yeah, she yeah. really likes. Uh, we flew out to Orlando uh, for that Bailey Sasha match. Oh yeah, we, Steve, we had Steve uh, watch that, and he she was really. Yeah. I flew to Orlando to see that. <laughs> yeah, he I, flew I spent to Orlando to see that match. Dollars to fly yeah. to Orlando to see that match. This is a thing wow. people love, Steven. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Um, Man, NXT is so good right now. Uh, <laughs> oh. Okay, well, uh, so we've, we've we've talked at length about this match. All right. um, this is uh, the part of the podcast where uh, we kind of give our reviews, uh, mm-hmm. just a one to five. Uh, bleeding uh, Stone Cold Yeah, one, one to five uh, Stone Cold, bleeding Stone Cold Steve Austin's Cotton mm-hmm. Sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. One being you didn't like it, five being best WrestleMania match of all time. Great. Uh, I mean, uh, Nick, we'll start with you. Oh man, I gotta tell you the, like I said again, just watching this over again, and I hadn't seen it in a little bit. It's the storytelling's great, the action is amazing. It it starts like we said right out of the gun, right off the bat. It's just such a great match for all the implications, for the action, for the blood that you can or cannot control. Man, and then the turn. I I mean this this is a this is a crucial match for that company and for wrestling and for culture. 
I think it's a five out of five. I think it's a five star match. Five star mm-hmm. match, uh, Justin. Uh, your your thoughts? I mean, five star match. It's my one of my favorite matches of all time. It's my favorite WrestleMania match. It's a. I, I will remember watching this live for the rest of my life. Cool. Um, it's yeah, I love it. I it's one of those matches that I go back and watch over and over and over again. And uh, I also can't recommend again more highly uh, downloading that episode of the Steve Austin podcast <laughs> just, where yeah. he yeah. walks you through the like match in real time. Uh, yeah. In real time, it's like a director's commentary mm-hmm. for yeah. the match. Uh, it's fascinating, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a great match. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I'll definitely. I this match absolutely did its job of making me a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan and That's making right. me hate a wrestler that I previously liked. Uh, and yeah, it's it's just a great match, and like that iconic moment of Stone Cold Steve Austin with the crimson mask and a sharpshooter is gonna haunt me to my grave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, I give this five stars. Uh, so we're St- Steven, currently, currently 15. sitting currently this is 15. Perfect. Currently this is perfect. 15. Perfect. 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 We're match. over here in the Meltzer section. What are you doing over yeah, there? Yeah. What are you thinking? All right, so yeah, um, this is the most disappointing part of every podcast. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Uh, yeah, so this uh, the thing that. You know, I, I don't know, like, you guys say it's a little bit, like, of a better match, it's better wrestled. I, I think, like, oh, it wasn't uh, bigger jumps or necessarily harder hits or uh, anything for me. So that, like, I was like, eh, whatever, it's just wrestling. Uh, standard uh, fair. Uh, you know, the story stuff, like I said, it, it, I kind of came into it instantly not a big fan of anybody mm-hmm. uh, and remained that way at the end. Not even Ken Shamrock? You didn't even leave a Ken Shamrock fan? Yeah, the, the roided out ref. Yeah. There. <laughs> the roidery. Uh, I was, well, I, I also, I watched that and I was like, well, so he's going to do something. And then all he really did was that, like, body slam thing. I was yeah. like, hmm, okay, you mm-hmm. didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but good for him. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, so pointless ref, uh, not that uh, interesting wrestling for, as far as my unsophisticated eyes can see. I'm going to give it a, a uh, 1.5 uh, bloody face Stone Cold Steve Austin's in a show. Is that your lowest score you've ever given? Uh, no, I've given equally low before, yeah. Uh, so this has this match has a 16.5. Uh, I, mean, I, I feel like this was to be expected <laughs> because is. he doesn't like wrestling yep. and this is a great wrestling match. Uh, this isn't in, uh, like just with the basics, it's a great wrestling match. Yep. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to get the like craziness of Foley being thrown off the cell. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get like groundbreaking uh, cultural stuff like Bailey yeah. and Sasha. Mm-hmm. This yep. is just a great wrestling match. And if you don't like wrestling, uh, I don't see why you would like this. I'm just going to have to show him yeah. that New Jack match. Let's, oh, let's show him yeah. just any, yeah. Yeah. Just really just yeah. any New Jack match. We keep match. thinking we're going to show him a New Jack match. He's going to be like, oh my God, yeah, 10 out of 5. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah or bring in natural natural oh, on loop for the rest of his yeah, life. Right. crazy. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, but, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, what do you like? Like, just in general and life. Nothing. End of podcast. Sadness. Yeah, um, yeah. He just I, weakly says wrestling. I mean, no you know, I, I think uh, uh, I like. I don't know, like, kind of like the same stuff that most people like. I like watching TV shows. I, I liked my Breaking Bad. I like reading. Uh, I like my dog a lot. He's <laughs> cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, Grizz I like is a, a bunch probably a bigger wrestling fan. Yeah, Grizz is probably a bigger wrestling fan than I, I am. Um, you know, I go see live jazz. I, I don't know. These are things that I like a lot Wait, of stuff. you see live jazz? I do. Well, Maybe sometimes. Do you ever go see Jeff Goldblum? Uh, no, I never I, have. I need to go see. I that. can never get tickets, and also like every now and then I'll have like a group of friends who are like, I want to go see Jeff Goldblum, uh, and then the tickets are sold out, and then nobody ever wants to go again because it's like we really want to just go that one day. <laughs> At the end of the podcast, Stephen will actually try to make us like something that he likes, so mm-hmm. we will find out directly something that Stephen likes. Oh, yeah, at the end interesting. Of this podcast. Yeah, uh, one of them he uh, had us eat cookies. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No cookies today. I'm they suck. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, they're like gluten free. There's some bullshit. Uh, I hated them. They were good. delicious cookies. They were All a complete right. cookie. Uh, um, <laughs> so, uh, second video um, where we showed Stephen the famous uh, Austin 316 promo from King of the Ring 1996. Mm-hmm. This promo is where Stone Cold coined Austin 316, which not only sold a lot of black t shirts, but also <laughs> acted as a thesis statement and a sort of coming up party for the new mm. toughest SOB character. Yeah, let's yeah. give that uh, promo a quick little listen. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. He is stone cold. Come on, that's not necessary. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird All right, stop and it. try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. Okay, so Stephen, what do you think of the birth of Austin 316 and that promo given to the infamous Doc Hendricks? Uh, oh, uh, don't know who that is. Is that the guy who was like around the, the next to the throne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it was. I guess what was interesting on it because it was uh, a time when people didn't like him as much. It seemed yeah. like uh, so that was interesting. He was still firmly a heel at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it, it didn't even seem like like. Well, maybe it was. I don't know. I'm not, again, I'm not a sophisticated enough wrestling fan to understand. I was like, is, is it a heel thing or it's just like they actually don't like him? They're not into him. Because even in his heel, like in his healing, it seemed like the audience is a little bit like, meh. Oh, yeah. I feel you like know? the mainstream audience just didn't care about him at yeah, all. Yeah, right. Which was interesting. It was interesting to see that. Um, and the WWF had given, hadn't really given the audience a reason to care about him. Yeah. You know, he wasn't, the only reason he was even in the King of the Ring yeah. that night is because Triple H had made a uh, political mistake backstage, mm-hmm. and he was supposed to win King of the Ring, okay. and they pulled him out and replaced him with Austin as punishment. I don't know. What was that political mistake? The uh, curtain call. The curtain call. Oh, it was yeah. the curtain call. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, curtain call controversy. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Curtain call. Uh, that was at that time. At, at this Man. point in like the mid-'90s, uh, they still tried to portray wrestling as a real thing. Uh, a bunch of wrestlers were quitting WWE to go mm-hmm. to WCW, mm-hmm. and a bunch of wrestlers, heel or uh, basically heel or face, mm-hmm. uh, kind of came to the ring at the end of a house show at Madison Square Garden and like hugged in the ring and bowed to the audience. Mm-hmm. And, which, and they were like bitter rivals, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kayfabe, and, which was um, not yeah. being necessarily broken at that time. Yeah. And uh, the people doing it, two of them were, were going to WCW. One of them was Shawn Michaels, who was the champion at the time, so they couldn't really punish him. And the other guy, the fourth guy, was Triple H, yeah. who uh, at this point was sort of like a lower card guy. So sort of all the punishment for it kind of went on him. So he got buried for like a year. Yeah, he because Scott Hall matches. and Kevin Nash were going to WCW. Yeah, yeah. He, so, yeah, so Austin was not supposed to even be wrestling that night. He definitely mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to win. He absolutely was not supposed to be given a live microphone to say whatever he wanted. Yeah. So that whole scenario came out of nowhere yeah. for the fans. Just a lucky break for Stone Cold. Yeah, honestly, yeah. 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 Um, he put himself over just by going out there and cutting that Another thing that only happens in this form of entertainment. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any other form of entertainment where a guy would be put on national television to punish another guy and then have yeah. that guy like take control of an entire genre of entertainment it's like, because oh, I guess of that, that guy's the main guy now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well i guess he's our yeah you can always yeah. say that's a backwards way of doing things 
Okay, um, so you. Uh, okay, so you. Yeah. Did you like it or did you hate it? Or yeah, what's... it was. It was. I don't know. It was interesting. I guess it was just interesting. I also. Um, I I had known that that's uh, after we did the Carrie O'Neill episode. Uh, I had Googled. I was like, where did that come from? Where did the like what when did he bring up Austin 316 so I had mm-hmm. heard of the event uh, and I, I just thought it was sort yeah, of interesting something. that he I mean like and I'm not any by any means religious but that he like specifically attacked the Bible like I was like oh, oh that so, won't oh, the, that the reason, won't work oh, okay the reason for it audience, um, he was feuding with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts at no, the time yeah and, I understand um, who and all that and Jake the Snake was sort of a born again Christian right. so he would talk about John, John 316 and stuff like that mm-hmm. in yeah. his promos and uh, basically what happened it's actually it's a funny story um Stone Cold Steve Austin earlier in the King of the Ring got his lip busted open, had to be taken to the hospital to be sewn up before the main event. Yeah. Um, so he didn't see half of the match, but right when he got back to the arena, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, Doc Hendricks, actually just told him, like, hey, you know, uh, Jake the Snake cut, like, a religious promo on you, like, a couple minutes ago. So, like, <laughs> feel free and use that in your winning promo if you want. <laughs> it's and just all Austin, Austin had to go off And he of. was yeah. just instantly like, oh, okay, Austin 316, yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Just... Ugh, yeah, great. yeah, he's a brilliant. Little did he know. Uh, he's a brilliant man. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, he is. I don't. Yeah. I don't Mike? see how, as an improv fan, you don't appreciate that. That's what we always try yeah. to. I guess you understand. understand. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's like somebody yeah. gives you a one-word suggestion of religion, and you come back with Austin three sixteen. Yeah, you spit well, gold, baby. Spit gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's something. And became a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. off of that. Off of a three hundred and sixteen million millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> He's a well-paid man. Yeah, it's very it's very impressive. Uh, I don't know. Okay, well, I guess uh, we'll just get to the ratings on that. Uh, that promo five yeah. out of five. Uh, it's iconic. Ooh. I'm gonna give it. Yeah. I feel like it's even watching it now. It's like I, I understand this is an important moment. I'm gonna give it like a three out of five. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it was very a very good promo and like important for what it was. But yeah. as far as like you know, it wasn't Mick Foley screaming at the top of his lungs about how you know we gave you Cactus Jack. Or I agree. I'm easily giving it two points extra because of probably implications. Yeah. yeah. All right, Justin, Justin, what do you think about? It? I'm gonna give it a five, and I'm I'm also giving it extra points, but because. Not only for the historical value of it, but also because it came from a guy who hadn't really been on television. He hadn't established this character, Mm -hmm. really. Like, he had just started transforming into Stone Cold. He hadn't had an opportunity to really cut a live promo like that on live (laughs) television. And to be given that opportunity out of nowhere, to come out of the gate with that... I mean, even if it hadn't have taken off, it was still just a really solid promo, especially under those circumstances. I agree. So that's fair. I'm going to bump that back up to five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15. All right, we got yeah, 15. Yeah, 15. All right, Steven, yeah, what Steven, do you think? You so think? we can be disappointed to move on. Yeah, um, uh, so uh, just as an improv, I mean, if this was an improv scene, I'd say maybe try to map it closer to John 316. That's what, That way uh, it can it can be a fun difference. Uh, but, you know, whatever. That, that's what, okay. What's that's John, John 316? It's like, love thy brother. No, it's, uh, it's something like, God loved the world so much that he sent his only son Gave to it his die. Only so it should be like, Stone hate the world so much yeah. that he yeah. beat his son with a stunner and yeah. pinned him in the room. That makes yeah. sense. The Austin yeah. 316 Austin, says. It should be like, Austin hated the world so much that he just whooped your ass and promises that everyone who believes in Austin will not get his ass whooped. Like, that's what I, I don't know. Well, that's, to, my, to, that's my improv. To, to bring it back to comedy improv, I would say that it works because... It, that was Austin playing his character's game. 
That's true. Like his character's yeah. game wouldn't yeah. have him do something like that. But Justin, it would we, just have him mock. But his character game wasn't established yet. Like oh. you know, let's let's just go. Let's just go. This let's, was the establishing <laughs> of it. What was your rating for this promo? By the oh way? yeah, this is my rating on this is a two. Wow, oh, yeah. better than the Met. better. You liked this yeah. promo more than you liked him bleeding in the center of the ring. It, well, was, it was nice and quick. <laughs> I feel like that's always going to be the case yeah. because he doesn't appreciate the act of wrestling. Amen. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he does. He likes promos. I mean, I think that like we just need to find a real short match that's real bloody and like. Stephen's favorite wrestling match of all time: The Rock versus Eric Rowan at WrestleMania 32 because it was six seconds long. Uh, no, that's that, not. We yeah. cover this. Uh, let's uh, talk about it. Let's not talk about it. I, I forgot about uh, that. Yeah. You already yeah. forgot. <laughs> All right. Like, what are you talking about? Okay. Uh, so, um, another segment that we have in this show. Uh, you just watched uh, a Stone Cold Steve Austin promo. You've watched multiple Stone Cold Steve Austin matches. So, uh, Stephen, we're going to have you cut a promo as Stone Cold Steve Austin Do it. toward uh, a wrestler or thing of uh, our guest Justin's choice. Yeah. Well, in honor of him going into the Hall of Fame recently, uh, he was a friend of Steve Austin's. I'm going to have him cut a promo on the Big Boss Man. Ah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Big Boss Man, pro wrestling cop. Okay, pro wrestling okay. cop, that's his thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, now From let's go Cobb to... From Cobb County, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, now let's go down to the ring with uh, Todd Pettengale. Todd? Thank you, Joey. Steven? Tell us what you think about the Big Boss Man. Wait, Stone, Stone, Cold Stone Cold Steve Austin, Austin now. Stone Cold okay. Steve Austin. Stone Cold Stevie okay, Pearlstein. So we're going back to the ring with Tom Bettinger. <laughs> Stone Cold Stevie Pearlstein. Tell us what you think about the wrestling cop, the Big Boss Man. All right. You got me. The Texas rattlesnake, the bionic redneck, the angry farmhand, the, the, the surly beefsteak here to, to talk about the cob 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 cobbler, okay. the cock gobbler. <laughs> that's it. Is that his name? Yeah, I believe that's his big name. Big cock gobbler. Now, I just want to say you're going to the Hall of Fame, but you're about to meet a whole hell of a lot of pain. <laughs> you should be in the hall of you're just about to get your ass whooped by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why I don't like you? A ton of reasons. Why I'm a what? Wait. Hold on. I'm going to drink a beer, pour it on my face. Austin 316 just whooped your ass. <laughs> Let's send it yeah. back to the podcast. I, I also like to note that hey. Steven shrugged his shoulders at the end of it. Is that which it? is the classic Stone Cold Steve Austin pose of like, this is what you wanted. Yeah. Right? It's an audio yeah. medium. Uh, they uh, they would have never known. Look, like, I don't want to talk about that too much. I, I, mean, I don't want to talk about that. A one of, like, that's a one star. Thank you. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll give that a... Uh, uh, 1.1. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, <laughs> yeah. I'll give yeah. it a three. Whoa! I'm he had some it. stone cold details that I appreciated. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Would, uh, would you surly beef steak? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, the classic stone cold Steve like, Austin. It's just like it's he's like it's a mean thing and a country thing. That's his sure. his combo, right? Surly beef steak. <laughs> but you admit that that's hard though. Like him cutting Austin three sixteen was well, hard. Who's the guy? Who's what? the guy? Uh, I really forgot his name already. The cop, the, uh, the big, big boss, big boss, big boss from man. Cobb County, Georgia. Oh, Cobb County, Georgia. Yeah. yeah, I just don't know anything about him, but I'm sure he's a bad guy. Uh, yeah, okay. I nail it. I yeah, nailed yeah, it. I think that's what I. We'll take him to Big Show's daddy's you, funeral someday. You've uh, you've disappointed all of us. Yeah, uh, that's true. Very disappointed. Okay, uh, so we've uh, tried to convince Stephen to love something. So this is the part of the show where he gets to convince us to love something. Yep. So here it comes. Stephen, what do you want us to love? <laughs> 
Okay, good. This is a book uh, that I guys want you to. I want you guys to like. This is uh, you should love Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Uh, it's a book made from the personal mm. journals of the Roman Emperor from around uh, 160 AD. He wrote them as a personal journal, a guide for himself or self improvement. Uh, and his writings are some of the foundations of Stoicism, which says you should live in harmony with fate, uh, do the highest good, and be indifferent to uh, pleasure and pain. And he had a lot of. It's a. It's a book written with like. Uh, a lot of just like one sentence, one paragraph thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's very quick to pick up and read. I have it here. You can see it's just like a lot of uh, like one lines. They're not lines that are numbered. It's easy to get through. Um, some of them, my favorites include like uh, everything. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I'm gonna read these right. Did that get Did that get stuck in a flooded basement when my I dog this book? knocked water on it? Oh, okay. And I was really uh, bummed out. Uh, I thought I saw like notes that you'd written in here, and I wanted to read them out loud. I keep audience. all my notes uh, digitally, so haha. Uh, uh, but some of the good quotes are like, "That which is not good for the swarm is not good for the bee either." Mm -hmm. um, and it, the, what's the other one I really, really like? Oh yeah, everything that is not in any way beautiful is beautiful in itself and terminates in itself. Not having praise of itself, since a thing is neither better nor worse for having been praised. Mm -hmm. Is it such a thing as an emerald made worse than it was if it was not praised? I really liked it. I thought it's a it's a great book to read, easy to pick up and mm. go through. I highly recommend Meditations I mean, by Marcus Aurelius. Hey, you know, harmony is a good thing. Have you read much, uh, many of like the books on Star, kind of the original Stoic books? Um, I've read uh, Letters from a Stoic for Seneca. Right. Uh, and, uh, ooh, that might be it. Yeah, that's probably it. Like, I, I have, like, a minor in philosophy. And, um, yeah, like, I read some of it. It's, uh, it's good stuff. It's a good way to live. It's yeah. a good way to live. Yeah. I wish yeah. I could do it. Like, he's, he's trying to get you guys to detach from your emotions, and I'm so angry about wrestling. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, I clearly that's why I'm, I'm an emotionless shell of a human. Yeah, and I don't need meditation, but I think that's a great thing. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah, Justin, do you like Thoughts on Marcus Aurelius and meditation? <sighs> I don't know. Look, I mean... <laughs> Oh yeah! Here we go. Here it comes. This is this is a guy like this is. I mean, this a little too floaty for you. Come on. This is the most like, worked up I've seen Justin. I'm sure. All I'm sure back then it was really easy to just throw your arms up and like uh. let the wind take you wherever. Like this is before we knew about literally anything he probably <laughs> he believed in like all yeah. the fucking ancient gods yeah but now like, we're all mm -hmm. cynical godless sodomites right we have science <laughs> this man didn't have science <laughs> what does he know Ooh! oh wow, Wait, uh, wow. Justin, do you want to do you want to cut a promo on marcus aurelius oh, I love to hear this. <laughs> cut a promo against marcus aurelius yeah, yeah, yeah. marcus aurelius you didn't have science <laughs> you didn't have knowledge you woke up in the middle of the day, you walked out in your sandals and your toga, and you looked up at the sky, and living was easy. Sure, sure. When you don't have science, when you have faith, when you just know what's on the surface instead of what's really going on in the inside, it's easy to just throw up your arms and have faith in whatever. But I say to you, try living today. Try having the knowledge of science. Then let's see how easy it is for you to meditate on life and throw your fate to the wind. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, do, you have, do you have a catchphrase? Drop a catchphrase. <laughs> Drop a catchphrase. Yeah. Drop a catchphrase. Uh, Live in what? the now. No! <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Mean Gene Oakland, could you uh, please bring us back to uh, bring us back to the podcast? Oh, and now let's send it back to the podcast. 
<laughs> All right, well, we're here now in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're here back at the podcast. Man, that was okay. hot fire, baby. That was, that was hot fire. I'm, okay, I'm giving so, that five stars. Uh, fuck 10 out of five. Yeah, 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 fuck Mark Sorrell. Give that promo <laughs> yeah, five stars. That promo is <laughs> where it's at. Yeah, yeah, I love uh, it. That's probably our first unanimous five yeah. star thing we've had on oh, the show. Yeah. yeah, we did it. We did it, guys. We finally okay. got there. Science fucking rocks. Um, okay, uh, if you're a wrestling fan and you have questions for Steven, or, um, or if you're not a wrestling fan and you have questions for Nick and I, shoot us an email at you should love wrestling at Gmail or tweet us at YSLW Podcast. We'll answer him during a bonus episode. Yes. I feel like that's how we're doing those. Um, uh, as also, as always, please give us uh, five star ratings, a little bit of comments uh, in the comment section on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Subscribe, please. tell your friends. We're trying to trying to take over the world with this, making people love wrestling, right? <laughs> yeah. Or love Stephen hating wrestling, or love whatever you love or hate, or whatever love, you want. I mean, now the podcast is about Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot to say about Marcus Aurelius, so we can get into it. Yeah, um, uh, Justin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks um, for having me, guys. It was thank a you. blast. Yeah, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Yep. Oh, well, if they uh, want to read my thoughts on wrestling weekly, they can go to uprocks.com. And every Friday, I put out the best and worst of SmackDown. Uh, you can also read my pay per view predictions, which uh, I never actually try to predict the pay per views. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just go to uprocks.com. And you can also read uh, Brandon Stroud's best and worst of Raw every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you can get all your wrestling news there at Uprocks. And I cannot yeah. recommend your Uprocks articles enough. Oh, yeah. I love them. They've been great. It's oh, gotten me so to much. watch SmackDown more lately. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, been a lot the of better people show. have been saying that. It's yeah, been the better crazy. show. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah I, I like SmackDown better than Raw. Yep. Me yeah, as really. well. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> because it's an hour shorter, <laughs> is that true? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, I'm in. It is. Oh, if you could just get like uh, the length of a Friends episode, I'd be down. <laughs> I mean, the length of the length of a Friends episode is just the opening segment for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It, that's that's the Undertaker walking out. Should we? I feel like we should have Stephen watch an episode of Raw or SmackDown from start to finish at some point. Uh, oh, you want him to hate wrestling I was more? Say, we can all hate watch it. Joey, <laughs> uh, right, uh, my name's Joey Clift. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Joey Tainment. Yep, uh, you guys, you can always find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Gligger, G-L-I-G-O-R. Uh, and you can find me at Pearlstein. Tell me why you hate me for hating wrestling. <laughs> Again, Justin, thank you very much for joining us. Love talking about wrestling. Love shooting the shit with you. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. Thanks, uh, guys. Steven, do you love wrestling? Uh, th- this After this episode, I don't, but I do now hate Marcus Aurelius. Oh, cool. Oh, so, yeah, I did my job. job. Than you fucking yeah. are, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.